All good. Is that a metronome? That's not part of the beat, right? A ticking clock. Ah. Uh, well, the, we'll just take this, that out. The mix looks a little to be des- desired. <laughs> this is uh, Chrome Bill's episode 184. Shout out to Moses Rockwell. We got the original band back together tonight, though. The one and only Seize Mics is in the house. Hey, what's up, guys? Moses, don't be scared. You. Fresh, fresh, fresh off the release, recent release. Sage, strange, famous records canceled the guillotine. Yo, recent well, release. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That, that sounds like that sounds like a DS member. Recent release. Recent release. <laughs> Thanks for having me back on, guys. Appreciate it. What about, is it? A different styles duo, catch and release. Catch and release. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you guys fired me like a year ago, I thought, well, this is going to be awkward if I asked them to come back on, but it was worth a shot. I really. I really don't have any other friends, so I figured this was worth it. It was a Twitter situation where we had to shed some salary <laughs> in order to keep the overall right. program afloat. <laughs> but then we also realized the cheapest thing to do was just not doing any episodes. Right. Mm-hmm. You're fired and we quit. <laughs> it looks like we're at about three months. No, sorry, eight months. Oh, I think it's way longer than that. We did something for when our album came out. So, right. At least we're I, consistent that if any of the three of us do a record, right. <laughs> immediate podcast. And, and, Mo, and Moses as well. I was, on that too, ep- yeah. I was on that episode, actually. The one talking about the Chrome Bill. Yeah, it was a mega app. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Cancel the Guillotine, five tracks. Uh, clock in. About 17 minutes dropped today, November 4th. So you're probably hearing this the week of November 7th. Uh, available on all your digital streaming platforms, your DSPs, if you will. DSPs. <laughs> Run them down. We got Bandcamp. DSPs you? for your DSL. Do you, have, do you have a preferred location you want people to stream the record? Where are you, well, trying, to, where are you trying to aggregate the metrics? Where's the sweet spot? Well... To parse, so when you say stream, I would say, I mean, do you stream on iTunes? I guess you do. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, well, Spotify, just because I think it's the easiest to share. I think it looks the cleanest when you share it with your friends and enemies. If you are going to buy it, which you're not, but if you were to just, I don't know, do something crazy and actually support an artist that you like, as opposed to ripping them off, if you were to buy it, go to Bandcamp. Uh, the strange famous records.com slash bandcamp. Maybe, maybe it's bandcamp slash strange famous slash DSLs. I'm not sure what the hyperlink is. Just fucking Google it. All right. Get off my back about it. But yeah, go to bandcamp. That would be the best place, particularly on a bandcamp Friday. Artists keep, I think it's all of the revenue, some of it, most of it, none of it. I'm not sure how it works, but that is the best way. Or, you know, if you go to strange famous records.com, find the link or just send an email. To somebody over there and be like, yo, I want to, I want to copy the seven inch. I want a copy of the cassette. That's cool too. So, so what, what products out there for this record? So there's a pre-order available for the seven inch record. So with SF Digi, which is the digital imprint of strange, famous records, they also put out 
a limited run of seven inch records and cassettes for each release should the mood strike the artist and the mood struck me so there's going to be a seven inch with cancel the guillotine as the a side they're all lying to you as the b side then there's a cassette with the entire album and then each of the other two songs that alpheus and i had already done together steve are you upset to hear yes i think both of them is not on the single i have issues with these decisions strike you as the decision that yeah a solipsistic dipshit would make and i'm the type of dipshit <laughs> to press up the I'm wrong the seven inches use words like solipsistic <laughs> like with the man, when i heard that i was like oh oh wow <laughs> levels my man's he's pulling back the onion thank you yeah well so you know it's funny i'm you know i don't know uh I've started to break down podcasts that I listen to. I'm like, here's mm-hmm. the entry point to the meat of the conversation that they're going to have. So perhaps this will be the entry point in that okay. we had already sent everything to Strange Famous I don't, probably like two months ago. You know, it was just, what do you think? And from the jump, um, Sage and Storm were like, yeah, this is great. This is really good. And Sage, it was like, in particular, I like they're all lying to you. Some are just honest about it. And mm. for reasons, you know, I'm sure we'll get into. That's definitely, I almost, it got to a point where I was like, maybe we should name the album that. And honestly, if it wasn't a streaming platform primarily, maybe we would have considered it. Like, I think that would have looked cool as shit on a record or a CD. But anyway. I vaguely remember when we all hung out um, June when we were all at Steve's house. Yep. And you sent me like an MP3 of that song. And at the time, I think you told me that that's what the record was. So at least... Oh, is it sure. fair to say that it was at least a working title? Well, so canceled. The, it's it's interesting. The way that the album came about was, um, the first beat that Afia sent was what became Etel. And I never, Chuck. You know, I've written with you a bunch of times. I don't know that I ever like wrote and recorded something with you, or like you know, as long as we've known each other, that was gonna. I was like, this is gonna go on a record. I remember like we would do it. Like when we were in college, we would write and then record on like a four track. You know what I mean? But it was like almost like freestyling, like practice. There was no intent to like mix it, master it down. He never took it seriously is what he's saying, Chuck. I don't, I don't mean no. to put it on the track, but on one song we wrote a lot of the first name basis stuff in the same room. Right, but we didn't record it in the same night. So it's how- Oh, 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 like oh, you're I saying uh, soup to nuts, as mm. the kids say. Yeah, well, that, yeah, exactly. Cause I Got was, you. So you were laying vocal takes the day you wrote it that are the ones on the record? No. Well, that, so I did that for Etau. And but you're saying so, but for at least for one song, you did that. Correct. Yeah. That's really interesting. And you know, well, you know, it, it's one of those things where when I listened to that, cause my whole approach to this was, I want to do a crazy stylistic record. If it ends up having a meaning, great. But Etau was the first one where there's, there's a lot of different styles. There's definitely a lot of styles on this what record. Is, what is crazy stylistic mean to you does that mean patterns does it mean syllables does it mean all of the above like do you have when you say a term like that like what i guess what are like the three or four things that immediately come to your mind one so with cruel fuel style wise i was like if i want to have a cadence but if it doesn't rhyme and it and it makes sense great and there's a bunch of songs on cruel fuel that are like that so from that standpoint I wanted to have a cadence on this record. It didn't have to be, it, it didn't have to, 
every beat's going to be four, four, but it didn't have to be like the same pocket. I'm usually in on like Chrome bill stuff or the majority of live long enough to learn type stuff. I wanted to weave in and out of the pattern or the, the cadence that I had developed over the last couple of years. I feel like, you know, I was like, all right, well, we'll just do a double time one. I didn't want to ju- just do that. There's some of that on there, but I really wanted to do cadences that I had never really tried before on some like dose one, Mike and I am type shit. Cause really, when Alpheus and I had first started discussing doing an album, for real, we talked about it for a long time, but once it started to come together, I said, I really want to use beats that are made on an SP. I've always liked that 8-bit sort of crunchy sound. Um, I'd never worked with someone who dealt with that exclusively or had enough of those type of beats to make a record. So I was like, I, that's, that's really the only parameter I want to, I want to give him was I'd like it to have that kind of sound. And I feel like that's kind of in his wheelhouse. As far as I know, he was running a lot of stuff through processors that, to give it that feel. Um, but anyway, so the two other things, you, you said four. So cadence, patterns in terms of, obviously I think like any rapper of our lane, I want to use patterns that not a lot of other people have used, like preferably nobody i don't think anybody's ever rhymed dipshit and solipsistic <laughs> you know what i mean like so I, yep. I was i'm always angling for that but in the same way that some of the stuff on cool fuel can man you know like the rhymes themselves may not be the most complex but when you're speeding it up and giving it a different cadence like on solipsistic human there's parts where i just go after sort of going when you're giving it that much of a more of a repetition i don't know that it's really worth worth using like a hundred dollar scheme when like a five dollar scheme will work because you're going so fast like that's you're if you're just trying to impress the listener you can do one of those two things you don't necessarily do both if you're trying to have something to say i think you should pick one of those two typically um so you know Eventually, when I was like, I'll have, you know, my patterns, my cadences, there'll be no rules. And then I was like, no, there will be, but I will broaden out the amount of rules I usually subconsciously impose on myself when I'm writing. Uh, In terms of the other thing, one of the other things that I wanted to be different from a style sense. So first beat he sends is that's how real slow plotting. And I was like, I know that my wheelhouse is 90 BPMs. This is slower than that. What if I was like, give me another one that was a little bit faster than that. And by the third song, I don't remember which one it was. I was like, let's do this. Let's do four songs in ascending or descending order in terms of speed. And so I think canceled the guillotine in the same way they do it anyway. I'm sure I'm a lot of fun to work with because he sent me whatever (laughs) became canceled the guillotine. I was like, speed it up. <laughs> but I was like, you know, what's the BPM for Atal? Let's play off of that. Mm-hmm. And originally, now that I think about it, Cancel the Guillotine was the third track. So Big Bang Bang came out to that a little bit faster. Canceled the Guillotine faster than that. So style-wise, I was like, what if we had, you know, that order reflect that? Now, I think sometimes that's like focusing more on the frame than the picture, if that makes sense. Like oh, eventually absolutely. listening to it through what made the most sense and the BPMs were pretty close was canceled. The guillotine should come second. That after a towel is a pretty heavy. Listen, big bang, bang is kind of like the, you know, the joker of the crew. Yep. And then the next two songs are kind of heavy on the way out. So I really wanted to do something with that idea of playing with tempos. So when we got to, they're all lying to you. Some are just honest about it. That's the one where originally 
the entire beat was the way you hear it at the beginning once the drums come in pretty slow. So just incrementally speed that up, you know, or whatever. It's going to be 4-4, so if you want to stick to that division, but in terms of time, like if you want to have longer segments being faster or whatever. So originally that idea of playing with tempos throughout the entire album, I think it still works on songs one through four. And then on five, I think it's really cool that like, I don't know that a listener would pick up on that, um, you know, without having heard it explained, but that fifth song is sort of intentionally what we were trying to do throughout the rest of the record. Start mm -hmm. slow, crescendo, you know, cause, and you know, obviously the phrase they're all lying to you. Some are just honest about it. That's, there's a lot of meaning to that to me. And I wanted it to have that like visceral, like very aggressive crescendo, which it does at the end. And then sort of like the denouement on the way out. Um, I'm trying to think of, Oh, here's one other thing. Style wise. I've never mixed my own vocals and I wouldn't say I mixed them, but I found a really cool, a really cool handful of vocal effects that I think if you're doing an album where like, you know, there's the vocal track, maybe a dub back. And then like the hook has two vocals. You don't, I, you don't want to go super insane with all kinds of crazy ass um, vocal effects. Cause I think it's, it's like, it's trying to mask something that you don't need to either that or just do it the right way. Right. With this one, I was like, I want it to be kind of abstract and not exactly like, you know, as deliberate or explicit as some of the other stuff I've said in terms of meaning. And I thought, well, let me give a lot of echo and sort of industrial kind of sound. So when I sent the vocals to Alpheus, I didn't send them those particular ones dry. I sent them with this really cool reverb that I found. And man, he just did such a good job of, of making that work, you know, sonically in terms of quality. But one of my favorite things about working with him on this uh, and this, you know, is all going back to answer the question, Chuck, was I was like, I'd like to have an album with a lot of echo and reverb and give it, you know, that kind of psychedelic feel. I mean, he's not the first person I've talked to about doing that. In my opinion, he was the best at working it consistently, but not overdoing it. Yeah, yes. like I thought even on first listen, I think it's canceled the guillotine where it comes in as kind of like the slow drawn out distorted at the end of the chorus and one of at tal there's like something there too yeah um and i was like oh this is this is really nice like that and I, I even the creator in me was like i wonder who led the charge of this because the fact that i think i canceled the guillotine it's a phrase that you say at other times in the song and i'm like oh I like that could be one of those where the producer just grabs it samples it distorts it plays yeah. it back to you as the rapper and you're like that's dope well um, or it could be something that you drove um, Don't give me too much like credit because he did that. He did those on Cancel the Guillotine, like the parts that you're talking about for sure. But to your, yeah, I mean, the to to the, I think the point that you're making that like it was like, it was really cool, and you know somebody came up with the idea. I think that it's something that maybe he would have done without me prompting it, him to do it with my other portions of lyrics. You know what I mean? But I think gotcha, that once, gotcha. once I was like, I'm good with doing this, I think he was like, all right, let me really get nuts with it. Yeah, why don't we, before we get it too far into Cancel the Guillotine, let's get into Etau. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Chrome cool. Bills, episode 184, Seize Mike. Whoops.
We binge through what we've been through. Then we purge any urge to dwell. And hopefully it helps to buy like it hurts to sell. The search for self, a solo performance. Opening to rave reviews until the curtains fell. Now the audience is earthbound. Polarized and reversed by the history We only learn to learn how to claim to know how this turns out But it turns out We're just building new lives from the ashes of the ones we just burned down And guess what? It's just your turn now Send me an impulse to violence Why is it the wisest to seem as the weakest Who needs their silence? Who benefits from the repetitive sedative of propaganda And the mileage of a mindless virus? I speak not of COVID-19 or Miley Cyrus I speak of course of the perspective from power They don't see you as a friend they don't see you as a foe, they don't see you at all They don't see you as a lover, they don't see you as a hater They don't see you at all So you see, they don't see you so You are not a right, you are not a wrong Quite simply, unless you are seen You simply are not and ones, cowards and heroes who come to mysterious sum, appearing to come from ulterior drums, and some lump, some numb from overexposure, let go and hold your composure, the underbite looking over your shoulder, screaming get over it, soldier, we only get older, associates sober, the ultimate poster, child, for at least I'm not them, so amen, yes again, again and again, been waiting to start for so long, wonder if it ever will end, you have no message to send, unless it defends, so let's just pretend, reality is a sight for sore most importantly your eyes Where beauty is beholden to an intangibly ephemeral golden age That has never, has never does not, does and not, will not, will not exist. exist This is not a commercial We've been through what we've been through Then we purge any urge to dwell And hopefully it helps to buy like it hurts to sell The search for self, a solo performance Opening to rave reviews until the curtains fell Let's give let's give obvious yeah, flowers. Yeah, like, definitely. what's the? How do you guys get introed? Um, you kind of mentioned the story about getting the first beat and doing and doing the song, and that's that being a tell. But like, what's the what's the connection there? And was this something you guys have been talking about doing for a while before it actually comes to uh, you know to fruition? Is there other stuff he had done that you were checking out, et cetera? So, 
you know, for a long time, I was like, I got to get picked up by Rhyme Series. I got to get picked up by Strange Famous. And eventually, once I started talking to Sage about putting music out on Strange Famous, when they decided to do the digital imprint, which is basically allowing an artist like me to take advantage of their platform, you know, because they just have such a broad reach, but then also them not have to be disadvantaged by sinking a ton of resources that they're not going to recoup. Like, you know, I've got to be honest with myself at my age, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't going to be going out on tour and like starting to build a fan base, you know, at this point in my life, but I still wanted to make music and I think they wanted to help put it out. So when they started the digital imprint in 2016, um, they said, you know, would you want to join? I thought, man, this is perfect. I, that was shortly before I got married. But once I got married, you know, it wasn't like, I, I was going to need to start making less money anytime soon. You know, like we wanted to buy a house and have kids. So I had to get a, a more serious job. And then my time started to not become as uh, free as it had been in the past. So when they offered, when Strange Famous offered the Strange, the SF Digi thing, I was like, perfect. And they said, I saw some of the early emails before the official announcement was made and they listed the people on it. And I went through and saw Offius was one of them. And I, listen to his stuff. And, you know, it's funny because I think I may have said this when I would talk about working with Cubby, there was just something about working to a Cubby beat where like I'd hear it and start writing right away. And I wouldn't have to come back to a lot of editing to it. Like I remember Hooray, I, I wrote it, he and I hanging out together. I didn't record it for a while, but I had the same kind of vibe with the Afia stuff. It was just, man, I, there's something about, obviously the sort of dark, dystopian feel of the beats really you know something that's sort of like my wheelhouse but yeah. the tempo and all that stuff there was just something about <clears> it i don't know if he was like sprinkling a frequency in there you know that had me that got me going but i remember thinking that guy's stuff is really cool and it seems like he's more of an instrumentalist which you know i think that would make it easier for us to do an entire record together as opposed to if he was like let's you know, I rap too. I'll do the beats half the run. You know, I, I'm open for it, but I mean, it's going to take more time and I'm a complete asshole to work with. So when they made the announcement, um, he, I think we reached, I can't remember who reached out to who, but it was like, I think you're dope. I think you're dope. Um, let me do it. He said, I'll do a beat for your album. If you'll do a verse or a song for mine. This so is like dating did. in the hip hop world. What's that? Exactly. This is like hip hop dating. Right. Yeah. I think I you're dope. You're dope too. Send me a beat. Send me a rhyme. Right. That's um, the, the swiping right of MCs <laughs> <laughs> and producers. Too slow. Too fast. Oh, that one looks nice. So we did Macro Mirror, which was. Yeah, I remember Macro Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, There's a video for that, right? Yeah. Well, here. Man, is this funny? <laughs> I'm bringing it all together for you. So that's another thing about him was he said, let's do the song. I loved the beat, recorded it. Big up to uh, Neil at Sleepy Hollows. Yep. I actually recorded oh, the vocals. DJ Bones. There. DJ Bones. Who are you? Recorded the vocals over there and sent it off. And I loved what Offius did with it. And then he said, I'm also going to do a video. And so he said, just give me, you know, a couple takes of you doing the song with a white background. Steve, do you know who got that footage? Varrock. You did. You did. Oh, me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were at your house. I was going to say we were at your old spot, but we were at that house. Nice. That you're in now. So that I'm also in. So let me freak out a little bit. But I'm not in the video, am I? 
No. No, I don't think so. Your your thumb is. Yeah. Like me pressing like this. You're more a face for radio, if you know what I mean. I hear you. Um, I I dare I say that to the handsomest face, man. Face for radio, voice for print. So, so the Macromere experience was awesome. Not yeah. just the song itself, the process of making it. I mean, super easy to work with them. Um, but then, you know, when he made an incredible video for anybody out there who hasn't yeah. seen it, it's Kaleidoscopes. Um, so if you Google macro mirror sees mics, it, I mean, it's, it's a really incredible video and it's the kind of thing where at that point, cause you know, the whole reason I wanted to get on a label was not, you know, it was like playing it, not, it, it wasn't like I was playing it at like an arena, but I was playing at a really nice club that had incredible sound and like the sound man was easy to work with. That's what I wanted to work, uh, by working with the label. I wanted to have when I did work with people, there wasn't the expectation that we were going to sell 100,000 copies, but there was the not even like pressure expectation, just the understanding we were going to make something really, really dope quality. It's going to be very creative. You know, there's a reason that we're on that label as opposed to sort of floating out there in the ether. So when I saw that, I thought I really am incentivized to do more stuff with this guy. Is it one more song? Is it an album? So then when I started working on, that was 2016, when I started working on Live Long Enough to Learn, hit him up, he gave me the beat for what became my pin code to everything. Same kind of thing, you know, where I, I don't remember if I had feedback about the beat, but it was it was a very easy process. Um, I'm not sure why we didn't do a video for that one. I think it was really only in the budget to do for do it anyway. At, for whatever reason, like it never came up that he would do a, a video for that. So I thought, all right. Maybe that's not something that's going to come every time he does it. For the next couple of years, we would toss around the idea of doing it. But as I mentioned in the write-up, and you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, check out strangefamousrecords.com. Um, the flagship artist and the founder is Sage Francis, for anybody familiar with him. He's been on here a couple of times, I think. So when we started working, talking about doing an album, it was like four years after we'd done our first song. I just had a... Uh, my wife had just had our second kid. I gotten like my second new like big boy job. I started working a second job. Every time he'd hit, he'd hit me up about it, I was like, I promise you, you know, back to the dating. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not mm-hmm. playing hard to get. You know, I just, I do not Send have me some nudes. I, yeah. It's not I, you, it's me. It's, <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's funny too, because that's the other thing is I would get hit up every now and then by people like, yo, can you do a guest verse? It was like, I can, mm-hmm. I can write a 16 bar verse. Yes. Can do? Can I commit to like sitting down and writing what, you know, everything I do that's the newest thing? I want it to be the best thing I've ever done. Can I commit to doing the best thing I've ever done right now? No, and I don't want to act like I can. So, eventually, I'm trying to think of something that changed. Hmm. hmm. I think I know it impacted me. Oh, that's right, the pandemic. So the pandemic happens. I'm home a lot more. My wife and kids are sick sick of me pretty much immediately. So I hit them up. I was like, I have more time. Let's do it. So that was maybe mid, late 2020. And then Etel happens like that. We keep it going. At some point, um, Develop canceled the guillotine. And that's when he was, I was like, I think this is the title track. He said, yeah, I think so too. And he said, I have an idea for a video. Same kind of deal. Just give me a couple takes of just your face doing it. And then for the people that have seen, hopefully by the time this post, the full video will be done. But we used a snippet from that as the visual to promote the album today. Oh, nice. So he just did an incredible, yeah, I mean, it's incredibly talented. I've heard, 
you know, I've done seven songs with him and I probably mm-hmm. heard 30 beats from him. Yeah. Like, I, you know, he's, it, it, you know, it's not like he's got seven out of a hundred beats that are really good. I, everything he does yeah. is incredible. Yes. Quality. He's very dope with the cuts. He's from the UK, right? He's from London. London. And I okay. honestly couldn't tell you what he looks like. There's like okay. a brief yeah. visual of him in macro mirror, which I think is so fucking funny. And I kind of hope, I don't mean this like I hope something bad happens to me or him. Huh. I kind of hope I never fit, find out what he looks like. I think Interesting. Be- okay. I invited him on here, but he was like, no, fuck that. He's like, I don't he's, want my face to be seen. No, he was he's, like, there's a, re- there's a Wrexham game tomorrow. I gotta, <laughs> right. Well, he did say, because, you know, the time difference mm-hmm. in London, I, I think it's six or seven hours ahead. So he, I was like, I think it's like 140 there or something by the time we would start. And he was like, yeah, I've, I've been going to bed earlier. And he's basically like, have you like, talked to him before on like the phone or is it all just I text? was tempted. So today, because, uh-huh. you know, like. How do you know he's was, not an 80 year old British woman? <laughs> that would be that's kind of like how i want that to be a possibility yeah i think it's a possibility he's a he's a centaur i never <laughs> want to find out none of these things are true um I, I was tempted to hit him up and be like yo let's have like a facetime but sure i, I don't know i mean it felt like i don't know nice he's the he's Probably the most polite, you know, his punctuation, mm-hmm. his emails is great. Mm-hmm. He's so polite <laughs> that I kind of am like, oh, this, guy, is this guy like super young and he hasn't been jaded by life, mm-hmm. let alone the music industry yet. So I don't know. They're different know. over like there across the pond. Like really good email etiquette, like no typos, sign-ons and sign-offs. Yeah, well, Thank you. Well I work out. hard at it. I, yeah. I, I, I cannot. I'm, I'm not at that level. I'm not on your playing field. When I get an email from you, I just feel pressure. <laughs> like, hey, Chuck, imagine. just checking in to see if you read my perfect email. And I'm just like, link didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. So I, here's, I bet you're at your day job. You're, you're, it's like you got the, the quill out. You know, you're dipping it in the little ink. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. It's funny because with work. I mean, I, I have a lot of communication that happens at work in a professional setting. And there's times where I'm like, just fucking do it. <laughs> like, I, I would never say that, clearly. You know what I mean? But, like, such a different... I feel like I have the inverse relationship with writing. Yeah, yeah. Dunno does not really count as a response for some reason. I'm surpri- <laughs> right. I was surprised by it. <laughs> Dunno. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, man, he's incredible. I'm looking yeah, forward to out. working more with shout him. Shout out to him. Um and Who are it's obvious not a, not atheist obvious yes okay so you know that's another thing was how did we start working together you know when he so his first album was called megalith mm-hmm. and you know in the same way i always worry when people would listen to like the educated consumers material i i think it's clear as it like if somebody was like this guy bit slug like no like mm-hmm. I'm, you know heavily influenced by mm-hmm. that but like I, I think that I had enough of my own unique approach to music that was influenced by other people, including Atmosphere. With Megalith, it was like, oh, you know, LP didn't make this record, but like I can, or like this isn't like a Trent Reznor record, or he didn't make it, but I can see where Offius's influences came from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like that, that too. I think was really, it was easy for me to be like, all right, we'll do an entire record. Cause I think, you know, my wife's always like, why don't you make happier music? Like you're a relatively happy person. Like, because I, you know, I feel like 
making the music for me, at least when I'm the driving force behind it. Like I have a lot of shit to get. I have a lot of complaints with you people. I have a lot of like, I don't know if negative energy or whatever, like things to get off of my chest, get out. Like it's fun to do a, a funny verse, you know, and, and everything. But when I wanted to make that particular type of album and the point that I'm trying to make at large with this album, he was the right person to do it with. And just to circle back, you know, cause initially I was like, I was just writing and it didn't necessarily have to have a meaning. And if that continued to be the case, but once the phrase canceled, the guillotine came into mind mm-hmm. and then the way things have, and I'd say my worldview has changed um, drastically. I used to be an ardent white supremacist. <laughs> and sort of tone that no, I mean, like, I feel like I've, I've matured a lot due to life circumstances and I wanted to have, a somber album to reflect that. And once canceled the guillotine pop tomorrow, I was like, all right, that's the direction this album's going to start going in. So I want to get, I do want to get into the, the, the name of the album. Um, but maybe we should listen to it first and then break sure. it down. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, do you guys want to get a, I, I haven't do already a, heard it enough fucking times. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's true. Yeah. Where are you on the scale of by the time the thing drops, you've heard it too much. Like you're, you're never at, you know, th- there's a feeling for anyone that's listening that's, you know, never recorded music. There's this moment the day after you do something you really like where you listen to it five or six times and then that carries on for about a week. And then it like six months to a year for it to actually come out. Right. And by the time it's there, you usually are excited for a day or two, but you're on listen like a thousand. So then everyone tries to overcorrect. And you try and not listen to your own music enough until you realize you still have to like check mixes and masterings and song orders and all that. So you you try and float on a scale of one to ten at like a six or seven so that at least when the day after something comes out and you have to do an interview or a peer or someone you respect and it's a compliment, it doesn't give you a visceral reaction. So where on that scale would you plant yourself today? With All right, this so I'm going to give you a couple things on this one. I know we want to play the song, but I think this will be an interesting behind the curtains thing. So when Live Long Enough to Learn was done, I wanted to start working on the next With record. Crazy how it worked out. We'll get into I'm sure, when we do episode 185, two years from now when With 2 drops. Um, but Speaks, I did that album with him, and it, it had been done for a while. And we were just sitting on it, waiting to for the right time to release it on Strange Famous Records, because it's all with Strange Famous MCs. But so we did when I started working with Office, I was like, what I really, really want to do with this record, as opposed to like with where it's me with other MCs, I don't want to ask an engineer to go like crazy tweaking knobs and shit with different vocals. For the record I was doing with Office, I said, I, I read once where DJ Shadow made an makes an album and sets it aside for six months and doesn't listen to it. And then comes back to it and has just such a fresh, unique ear. He's really able to give it layers and contours that you wouldn't get when you're too close to it. You know what I mean? Mm. And I said, I want to do that. And maybe three weeks later, after we recorded Solipsistic Human, I was like, this is coming out like next month. Because, you know, relative to the times we're living in, I thought it was more apropos. So, you know. I never got to the point where I didn't listen to it for six months, but I made a concerted effort was like, I I know that I like the way that my vocals lay on this song. I'm not going to listen to it for a week and then come back and be like, we should do echo here. We should, you know, maybe put an effect here or like I can re-record that a little bit better. Um, Another thing, and I, 
Demoitis, whoever coined that phrase, I mean, I feel like that person deserves like a Wikipedia entry, but I think I may have come up with a similar hack to avoid demoitis. All right. You know, when you, you're, you guys are sharing stuff back and forth, Chuck, you're listening to it on Dropbox, right? Yeah. So you can't, you can't stream Dropbox. The first time I'd ever heard all five songs without having to physically like go back and press it, just streaming it from beginning to end was today on Spotify. Hmm. And I intentionally, because I was like, I could record it as an MP3 in GarageBand and then bounce it. I was like, no, I want, if I really am, if it's that important to me to be distracted while driving and flipping through my iCloud folder, you know what I mean? Like, I, then I really want to listen to the song. I'm not going to do that while driving, obviously. But like, I don't want to sit here and burn myself out listening to these songs over and over again. I want to make, I want to make, it requires some effort for me to go in and listen to something as opposed to doing it like on a masturbatory level. So I never reached the point of saturation where I was like, I've just listened to this so many times. It's no longer interesting to me. And only hearing it for the first time as a streaming entity, the day of the release, I really think that gives it a different life to me. Cause I be, you know, now that I think about it too, that's really, if, if you do listen to it from front to back, you and I are having that experience for the first time together. Sort of like, you know, performing it live. So I felt like that was a little hack to, to not get fatigued from listening to it too much. Do you not, or I guess you're really handing, handing it over to the producer. So it's, it's easy for us and harder for Steve Mm. or, or obvious in in this case, uh, to look at the timing of the transition between songs. Cause I feel like that's always something that people are like, uh, I know Cam in particular will try and like place things so that they still come in on the one big time, even though it's like a different beat coming in or a different tempo. That if you're still bobbing, even as the beat has gone out and you still have that rhythm in your head, then yeah. the next song starts on the one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I remember he mentioned, Afius mentioned that, I believe. I don't know. I mean, he, it's clear he's a D, I think he was a DJ, you know, at the beginning because his cuts, like, he's got, He's very his sharp. His cuts are nasty. Yeah, yeah, he's very sharp. He reminds me a lot of, of he's, Addict. His cuts are just that, like Addict. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Addict, I feel like, is like, is and Afias have a similar style where it's yeah. like, it's not, it's not effortless, it's not effortless, but it's not nonchalant. Yeah. It's somewhere in between it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, he's not like pressing down on, he's not just jamming it. Yeah. Like uh, Frank Reynolds in uh, Always Sun. Like, there is a finesse to it. For sure. Um, and I think... To that point, Chuck, that seamlessness that I hear at least going from like, you know, staying on the the one, two, three, four, he definitely had that. But yeah, no, I, I like I like the hack in general. I think it's it's really yeah. good advice. So the hack is to not play the songs over and over on Dropbox. Is that what you're saying? No, I mean I think the the hack is not to like it's easy it's easy to listen to. Let's say you're doing ten songs. I bet you end up listening to the first song a lot more than you listen to any of the other songs, just because you have that one alone by itself for a longer period of time. Right. But does that make any sense? Hey, sure. yo, Sure. Yes. Um, but by the time you've got to seven songs, unless you have it in a streaming format, like you've got to click through your phone. I, it's such a small little step. Maybe I'm the only person. Uh, I kind of took it more like, don't chase the, the full album experience because of what you said about, Something about having things that all alone by themselves. <laughs> but the, uh, the, yeah, you're, you're, you're alone in a dark up, room. It's kind of the same. You're going to have heard the first one too many times by the time it comes out. And what I do think most artists can uh, 
totally relate to is that when a project drops, you know which ones were done near the end and they're always your favorites because they're not played out yet, right? <laughs> like there's no denying that when something drops, you always know the most the most recent <laughs> Right, right. And well, it's because you're constantly listening to all of it, and it's kind of that same experience as when you write a verse. Uh, the first four lines are always like completely crushed. Who it says your call ends in ten minutes? <clears throat> yeah, we'll just we'll take a break real quick, and then we'll just start a new. How about we play the song and then cut it out and then come back? No doubt. I don't look ahead because I don't look to part. The past is no place to put your heart. The books are smart, the streets are smarter. Wonder why either would teach you to be a martyr. Carve a name into armor, arm a charmer. With karma to harm a flight wrist. Don't blink or you might miss. Not a word is a slice. More like pairs of loose lips and tight fists. Loose is a noose, tight as a vice grip. Welcome to the beginning of the end time. Making stairs and stairs leading to a forensic sign. Space taken for granted like bottled water at bedtime. Skip to the head of the bread line. Drinking a red wine. 10, 9, 8. The gears grind like clockwork. Alarm goes off and your virtue is not worth the yard sign. It was signaled on. Now the mobs are your lawn with pistols drawn, so sing along. When did the commercials go so commercial? The death toll expo, our heads will reverse. It hurts, so we seek out elixirs to fix us. The trick is the truth, it's a nuisance and flickers. In shadows and sunlight, we see through the hood as a solemn reflection of the people we could be. If it wasn't for the guillotine, cancel the guillotine. Your beliefs don't believe what you believe them to mean. Cancel the guillotine. Your beliefs don't believe what you believe them to mean. With the emphasis on Sisyphus to kill the king of the hill over petty differences. Simplistic image of privileges, synchronous with innocence and zeal, proven guilty by association. Vilified so they won't debate. They try to object in the court of public opinion. But the sort of peasantry is unbecoming the kingdom. Immutable characteristics become heuristics for the opportunistic. It's film or be filmed. Now the nuance is little more than a proxy war. Ignore the blood, lock the door so we can mop the floor. The stocks are sore, the crowds are roar. Inflating a rotten core, but we'll still want more. Sure, the city slicker is a shitty tipper with different. Only to beg for an arm and the leg to stay ahead of the crypto clapped, no cap, no coin. They couldn't be leveraged as a threat if they couldn't settle on severance. When did the commercials go so commercial? The death toll expo, our heads will reverse. It hurts, so we seek out elixirs to fix us. The trick is the truth is a nuisance and flickers in shadows and sunlight. We see through the hood as a solemn reflection of the people we could be. If it wasn't for the guillotine. And we're back. I, th- I think you can just go, yeah, and we're back. That was Cancel the Guillotines. I meant to go get a beer at that place. I'm gonna go you want to go get a beer? Uh, I can get it at the next one. I'm actually drinking beer <laughs> that was given to me from Maryland. This says Brewed in Maryland. Okay. Brewed and canned by Silver Branch Brewing Company, 8401 Colesville Road, Silver Spring, Maryland. Do you know oh, that shit. Is? Yeah, wow. of course. That's, that's Fruit 29. 8401... <laughs> What is it again? What's it called? Uh, Silver Branch. Okay. So downtown Silver Spring, probably somewhere. Which was done. It's a collaboration that they did with the Travel Channel. Nice. Was provided via my A Parks and Planning Brew. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I was worried. I was like, Chuck, does he have a drink? And he's like, no, I got one. I was just going to get it. No, I do. This is, I'm just like, 
three quarters of the way down. Steve, this is my new, this is my new state. This is my new staple. Pretty Let much. me get real gringo on you. Yeah, Have you it. had a Micheletta? So like a, it's like a Bloody Mary, but with beer. Yes, Cole. Okay, I, I was like, yeah. How esoteric am I? Pacifico. I, I think feel like is we've talked about this. That. I, I think. Right. Is it the only one? Chuck, am I wrong? Uh, that we've uh, talked we've discussed about fourteen Mitchell. different Crumbles episodes. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> talked about what Pacifico? Your your no, love you, of Micheletta's. <laughs> really? This is well documented, season. <laughs> Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> that just makes me think that you mentioned it to everybody that you talk to. Probably. Oh, he's excited. <laughs> you like beer? How about tomato so, juice? Mix so them together. You, Cole, what makes you want to enjoy Vanilla <laughs> Industries? I like Micheletta's. He's, a, he's like a trumper when it comes to Micheletta's. <laughs> That's the only way in which I'm like a trumper. <laughs> they are a threat to democracy. It would be enough. Um, but yeah, so... I love Pacifico. I love Micheletta. Don't know if I mentioned that before, but one thing I really love is is <clears throat> my man Alpheus and our new album, Cancel the Guillotine, which you can get on all streaming platforms. But the best way to put money from yo fist into mm-hmm. my pocket mm-hmm. is Bandcamp. So Bandcamp's so going right to you. You must not feel to... like you can do a good rhyme pattern with Micheletta, or you like one hundred percent would have used it already. See you better. You know, it's funny because I, I really I want to. At some point in my life, well, mm. I guess it's too late now because mm. I, I would never want to have enough time by myself away from my wife and children to do this. But I want to have like a Howard Hughes level of insane organization of my rhymes because Micheletta, I'm like, that's I don't think I could have worked that into um, the tone and vibe of canceled the guillotine that mm. I'm going for. Mm. But I guarantee <laughs> But I guarantee you it will appear on a Chrome Bills verse. I'm actually looking at the verse I wrote for uh, the song that you guys hit me up about a couple weeks ago. And there's you've written a verse for it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. The last line is this again to to my point about I want to categorize this somewhere, you know, like in my in in my own mind. And then the cancel the guillotine stuff the do it anyway stuff. Those Mm. particular type of rhymes are in a little Mm. jar full of pee like Howard Hughes. But the last two lines are. You need more dad jokes in your pad tie because I freaking said so. That's why. You know, like that kind of like jocular tone. Yeah. I don't know that I could pull off. So I don't know if that answered your question. Is there something about uh, read this letter that rhymes nice with Micheletta? Read this letter. It's drenched in a Micheletta. Eat your sweater. You'll get so drunk you'll try to eat your sweater. (laughs) Yeah. Um... I'll work it in there, though. You use, you go for it. You like Micheladas too, right? Uh, I don't have the enthusiasm for them that you do. <laughs> I don't dislike them. I like a prepackaged one. I don't like really? all the work. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the ones in the big silver can. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Is I'm, that wrong? I got to judge you on that. Yeah, I like well, it. Wait a minute. I'm, wait, I'm a minute. There. wait, time out. Time out. I'm time into out. the ones. Of all in the, the pre-mixed cocktails. That's the. Cans I now. would do I mean, the. The cut water is really up the game of, of canned cocktails. Right. Yeah. And we're going to go Micheletta. I feel like that one, I want, you know, like if, if you say mm. Jack and Ginger. Modelo. Modelo. I'm one. like, I never would have expected any of these things to be fresh. And you say like screwdriver or Micheletta. I'm like, no, because I'd rather have right. very fe- fresh ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I want Not me. My drinks, even my drinks are farm to table. Well, hold on. Anytime I've ever had one too, like mm. it's at a restaurant where, 
you know, they've they've salted, they put like the whatever. That's all you're the getting. Rim. They're pouring that they, shit in the back. They're, they the they're clamato, cracking a can. Like they, no, they're cracking a can like in the back. You don't want to have to put it together. You don't want to fucking pour a beer in a glass. No, I've never known you to be lazy. I, <laughs> That's I too know. much work. Huh? I think it's charming. Okay, I, don't I think a, I think a tall a tall uh, can. I think is it's charming. alarming. <laughs> no need for alarm, bro. No need for alarm. Don't don't let don't let me hate on you. You do you with your disgusting drink. Thank you. I, by the way, I don't want to gloss over the fact that I'm glad you already wrote the verse. Yeah. To the Chrome Bill song because we're yeah we're we're in we're, inf- we're in an infancy here. We're trying to push songs out quick. Let me ask you this. Yeah. It's just so I have a line. Hmm. Uh, I went from provost to co-host to no dose to so close, rocking a Caucasian shirt and calling everybody no so trouse. So you remember the, the Caucasian <laughs> shirt that you had? You know, to me, that's still one of the funniest. Not in like a Kanye West, White Lives Matter bullshit kind of way. Like, oh, the Cleveland the Indians? The Cleveland is, Indians is one? Stupid it, funny. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. In the Indians design. Yeah, I get a lot of burn from that one. Well, do you think saying it, if I so if I say that in the line, do you think people would like Caucasian? Nobody's going to understand it. Okay. All right. Well, I'm still going to do it. It's all inside jokes. Yeah, exactly. I actually have a... I, I was talking to a couple friends of mine. I'm like, what do you think of the new record? They're like, you guys use a lot of inside jokes. I don't know what you're talking about half the time. <laughs> like that the was Chrome, the Chrome Bills record. Yeah. Did they at least pad it with like a, well, you know, they just came right. Back it was like, I, it was like, I like the beats, but I don't, you the guys artistic? are using a lot of inside jokes. I'm like, is there really, a I lot said of that's fair. Jokes I, I feel like there's, Yeah. It, it, totally listen, funny. I mean that's like. Listen, I have a lot like, of. I don't know what size. I have a. Lo- I have a lot of. <laughs> right, some people just that's. It's a lot of inside. But that's I would Seist is in like super inside, like me referencing Wrexham when it's hours away from London <laughs> in this interview and realizing that I know that is yeah. an inside joke as Cole had asked me right uh, yesterday over text if I was watching Welcome to Wrexham. So like right. yeah. that's like super inside. Yeah, at sake of sacrifice and quality, I don't think we ever do anything like that. Okay, on the record, but you know yeah. what? Then again. My, the fact that I'm triggered by it, it's probably you were incredibly tri- true. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's incredibly true. Chuck perked and up I in his seat like this. It. Wait, wait, hold on. Well, it also it also was one of those things where, like, what do you think of the record? They're like, I like the beats, but <laughs> <laughs> this is only what one person. I, what an odd thing. I don't know. I don't, who is it? Can you say? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not. Uh, I would never. I would never. No. I like the doppelgangers, but there's just too many references to cloaks. Right. <laughs> new uh, doppelgangers out today, right? Is it? Oh, was it out today? I think it's that they put out a new single today. Shout out to Damn, them. the new 50 Cent and Kanye is Seize Mike's and the Doppelgangers yeah. out on the same day. <laughs> there you go. This has been a, it's a meant to be. Seize, I haven't listened to the new. Oh, no, I actually did. I gave it one spin, the new rap, rap for era who will rap forever. Yeah. But I listen to your record more. Oh, good. Well, so let me ask you this yeah. as consumers, as am I. Because <laughs> When Afias and I started working on it on Cancel the Guillotine, now available via strangefamousrecords.com, uh, I was like, "Let's we. I don't want to do ten songs. I don't want to do two. Mm. Let's land somewhere in between that." Because one thing I've noticed, and this is another thing about listening to an album, you know, in the right way. I always regret putting the intro to "Live Long Enough to Learn" as being. Mm. I mean, it's like a scratch intro. Mm. I think it's great. It'd have been better as an interlude because in the streaming platform, like, you got to come out with the song that you want people to hear the most. Yeah, 
Um, Although it's done by one of the great producers of our generation. Right. Yeah, agreed. And everybody wants to skip it. I'm just kidding. Yeah. That was, that was, that was <laughs> well, or, you know, like, I mean, I, no, no, it's fair. It's yeah. a lot. Of, I do think when I notice the first song is an in, intro, I tend to skip it and I rarely skip interludes. Mm. Yeah. Um, I kind of forget where I was going with that initially, but I think that one of the things track I was going to say so was you were going track with length. Numbers. Yeah, length. You were like, what's numbers. the length and girth of this? I, <laughs> I was like, look, uh, you know, some people like it girthy, like James Worthy. Um, I think that when you put out in, in this environment, and again, it's it's sort of like someone who would bet $5 on NFL games, like, you know, like that's basically like my bet, my like limit. I was going to say, I'm triggered again. Yes, go on. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like I, I spend so much time reading about football, watching videos about football, and at most I'll have like $10 on the line in a game. Like I, sh- I if I'm going to invest that much more time and energy, maybe like trying to max out profits would be a better idea. It's sort of the same way, you know, with making music, because I was like, I want all these strategies to like, well, my $17 up to $24, you know, like mm-hmm. I think that I don't know, maybe sometimes I'm splitting hairs. But when I put out live long enough to learn, I was like, that took a long time to make and it would take not a long time to listen to, but like if you're looking to have maybe 15 minutes of listening to new music a day, why would I try to give you 60 if you're not already familiar with? And so I was like, all right, I want to put out. And then we made with two. That's pretty, you know, six or seven songs. Even in death is eight songs. I think the runtime is under 30 minutes, like not that much above that. I noticed putting stuff out more frequently, shorter. It definitely gave a pretty quick bump to the rest of my catalog. Again, not like, not like I'm going to like, you know, go buy a Lamborghini or anything close to that. But like it was noticeable. And then I also thought, you know, I'm sort of relatively new as a solo artist um, with a bigger audience. So like Strange Famous Records, I think if it had been like Strange Famous Records picked up, say, educated consumers or first name basis, maybe that would have been a little bit easier of uh, building me up in terms of audience because not... I don't think many people had heard like a solo record from me. I'd done one, but I'd done like a bunch of group records. So it helps. You're put- saying for this, this from the perspective of in 2016, right? Cause this is the, is this the third Correct. release or fourth release is was with one on, on strange famous too? No, this is the it third wasn't? release that I've had on strange famous. I thought with, with was on. No, <laughs> no, no, it didn't work out that way. Okay. So it was a cruel, cruel fuel. Cruel fuel wasn't on strange famous. Oh really? So it's just live long enough to learn. That was the first one. The the uh, even in death and now this. Yes. Nice. Interesting. Okay, I had that wrong. So yeah, I, was I did too. That I thought well, at least cruel fuel was on mm-hmm. SFTG. Oh, we lost him. It, it's funny that I don't know how to use the mute button after all this time. It's funny because you know when I look back at cruel fuel, I was like, damn, like that was like a solid two and a half years to make with Max. Mm-hmm. I spent. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but at one point I was working down at a couple bars down mm-hmm. in DC. Mm-hmm. I know I used, to, I used to talk about that all the time, but by the time I was done paying off a bunch <laughs> of shit, I had like some extra money as I was making cruel fuel. I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be my last one. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to fucking put everything I have into it. Yeah. And I did. And I'm super happy with how the record came out, all the videos. Like I always was so proud of the promotion, like the release show where you guys were part of, like, it was dope, it was but it was up. the most 
it was the most that I could do mm-hmm. on my own. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I remember when I was like, yo, I, I, I want a label to pick me up. I was like, I just like really tapped myself out doing that for this record. I can't imagine asking a label to do the same at this point in my career in air quotes. Maybe when I was like 23 or 24, I'd have been a lot more aggressive about that. But at 35, about to get married, I was like, yo, that's not going to they're not going to do that. So when they came to me with the digital deal, that's when I was like, well, all right, well, this is perfect. All you're asking of me is to give you the record. And all I'm asking of you is to give me the platform. It's not it's not like that base and transactional transactional. It's a true partnership. It's a true partnership. Yeah. Both people win. Yeah. So um, but I remember like uh, they were like, make a record, you know, and and. When I started, I had just done with two, so I wanted to make something a little bit more full length, but I was still in that mindset of like, this it's going to end up on a CD. What's the cover art going to look like? And I would have to check myself and be like, no, this is, it's going to be a digital release. Their parameters are going to be different. There will be physical product, but you know, the, the legacy of this will be held on streaming platforms. So by the, (laughs) by like the third or fourth thing that I had done, you know, like, it really clicked with me. It was like, you don't need to do 12 songs. If you want to do it, great. Artistically, I don't know that that's the best thing uh, in terms of what I could see happening is obvious and I do three EPs and then eventually like spruce that up into one full LP of all 12 of those songs. Hopefully by that point, people give a shit enough to be like, I want to hear 12 songs from these guys and I want to give them 40 minutes. What uh, What's the longest release that you think you guys have kept in the rotation where you were constantly listening to it over the last couple of years. Does anything come to mind? Because I think it, you I think you kind of proved the point with the kind of blank faces that both of you guys gave to that question where it's like, uh, I think that when you think of projects like no one's going to say Mr. Morrell and the Hot Stepper, right? Because the record's just way too fucking long. Uh, even in all its genius, like it's tough to keep it because yep. there's something about familiarity of songs where like yep. the second time you hear it, the third time you hear it, the fourth time you hear it, they start to take shape in your brain. And I think that the closer that you can keep the intervals between yeah. the, how frequently that happens in today's society where people are just completely inundated and it's it's not the environment that we grew up in in our 20s in terms of just exposure to content. Uh, so I think that that's why you do see like the thing that comes to me is like a Drew record or something like that, where I'm like, yeah, this shit has seven songs. Right. Like, I think the, the JID might have 15 songs, but I was really good at going through it because I, I told this to Steve the other day, the record was getting small. It's not a disc either. The record was getting smaller every time I went through it because I would just be like, Hey, I don't, I know I'm not going to do all 15 of these. These are like my seven. It's almost becoming my own record. Um, the Decca record, comes to mind too as something that like is a real it's like 30 minutes max like it's probably 25 yeah i think i i mean i don't think i i like noticed something that other people hadn't already noticed and like implemented for two or three years before i did you know but uh it it reached a point where i was like it's it's counterproductive to try and make you know live long enough to live long enough to learn two you know 14 songs or whatever so plus you know I, i i will say i also so you know, when I was still listening to CDs, it was more indie rock stuff for me. But like, I remember like Elliot Smith or Modest Mouse, um, they would have full length proper albums. But my favorite stuff from them was always the niche, more like 
you know, small batch style, mm-hmm. six song EP where it was, there was a particular style. I'm thinking of, um, Roman candle by Elliot Smith like that. I mean, those songs, even for him are kind of like, they're, they're pretty down. I don't, I don't know that you could do like 12 <laughs> of those songs, but to have six of them was perfect. And that's kind of, I don't think, I don't think I could do 12 songs of canceled the guillotine. And I don't think the listener would benefit mm-hmm. from them mm-hmm. from them being that many. You know, and I think people like your old Drew, like he, man, that dude's incredible in terms of the, the output, the quality, the diversity of, of everything. He's great. But I, to your point, Chuck, you had sent out the link with, with his newest record. Is it, um, Yanni Dangerfield? No, it's something later than that. Uh, yeah. What's the Yod most recent Stewart. one where he's holding the, uh, Yodfather. he's holding the cat. Yodfather. Yodfather. That's right. Um, that fucking that last song is incredible. Yeah, you listening to him, I'm like, oh, like this dude, he's an MC's MC for mm-hmm. sure, but like mm-hmm. he's not fucking around when it comes to the business end of it. Mm. So you do. I think well. it was Yod Yod Wave was the one for me. Yod like, Wave like, is the one that I well, I was spinning constantly. Yeah, like it was a the rare time where I listened to an album, not like consecutively in a row, sitting in the same place. But every time I listen to music for like 10 straight passes through. Yeah. And then finally I was like, all right, get off the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Got a break, break character. All right, let's get into, um, let's get into big bank, bang, big bank, bang. Boom. You guys hear that? No doubt. Quobel's episode 184. Check the checking out, so check it out. Don't spend more than you make. Do make more than you spend. You'll be excited by stability when they grow bored of the trend. The horde will descend, however, your ascent is not prophesized. Mobility is prices, especially when you're moving, it's now monetized. I'll subscribe to any theory, provided there's no paywall. Lottery, lobotomy, propping me on an eight ball. Robbery of property by case law and chainsaw. Selling to be sold is civilization's trade-off. Listen, all of y'all, it's self-sabotage. We built an insane asylum where the padded walls are made from dominoes of debt. And the last to fall will be the first to collapse it all. We're all little banks when Big Bank has a big bank.
we're back. Are you still? They're are really you really trying to think about the solipsistic? The, they're they're yeah. really yeah. solipsistic humans. Solipsistic. <laughs> Get yeah, your man. fucking bring Google. it back. Bring it back. Um, Chrome Bills episode one eighty four. We're in the house. We that might need was. to. We might need to run Big Bank, Bang back. I don't know. We talked about. We talked about me over. This isn't about me. It's Big about Big you, Steve. Oh, I didn't know you were gonna keep that in. <laughs> I can't imagine. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, no, all I'm the gonna... shit. All the shit you were just talking oh, about no. your wife. I can't <laughs> imagine you'll keep that in. <laughs> no, I'm definitely gonna slice slice in the the full slice. song. Cut and slice. In the on the first song, we were actually like complimenting the breakdowns and stuff like that. You can leave that in, but right. all the other ones you can. You yeah, can yeah. Uh, it's getting cut. It's getting I cut. Say, guillotine that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going. I've got uh, three edits going so far. I'm tracking three edits, and they're all at the time of the songs. Can I tell oh, you wait. something pretty cool about Big Bang Bang? Sure. So if you'll notice the echo on, uh, it's not really a hook, but mm-hmm. there's echo on it that. As it echoes out mm-hmm. in its iterations, it goes down in pitch. Oh, cool. So I'm a huge fan of listening to how different engineers, um, you know, everybody's had echo or reverb or like a fade out and stuff. But I feel like the really good engineers get real granular mm-hmm. and unique with the applications that they apply to it. I can't remember this, this song. It's definitely a Griselda song. Mm-hmm. I think it's a West Side Gun song. Okay. Where I heard that echo, where I was like, it's sort of the way it, it goes out is not. Uh-huh. I'm sure an engineer was sitting there listening to it. Maybe it was West Side Gun or somebody was like, we could we could really add some flavor to that. Mm-hmm. It's and so I remember hearing, I was like, I want to do that kind of when I you know like ha- hear the echo going out. I want each iteration to have like a different kind of unique flavor to mm-hmm. it. And I remember telling office, I was like, I don't know if what I'm saying makes any sense. Yeah, the way I'm trying to explain it to you, and it, like two days later, he's it's like, "How pitch, about this?" A pitch down. It was, it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Nice. Was but it the vocal. was it the um was it the Griselda song where he's like, "Fashion rebels, doot doot." Woo, I, yeah. woo, woo, woo. I, c- I can't. Was it that? Was it that, that one right? where he's like, "Fashion rebels"? Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> was it <laughs> Chuck? <laughs> you guys are really. Those were I mean, all I, good. Those, that was a good, that was a good joke. I, I don't, I don't know. know. That was a good joke. I mean, it just seems to have. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Off of the head, over the head. But yeah, so that was a fun song. And speaking of which, I was like, well, this will be, be the most lighthearted song, talking about economic collapse in a jovial way. I mean, definitely, definitely the lightest track on the album. Um. It's low-hanging fruit, though, right? Yeah. Thank you. You have too many inside <laughs> jokes. Fuck you. What do you mean? In terms I was actually excited life? to hear the song because when the first lyric hits and it's like, money is not real. And I was like, I kind of gulped. I was like, oh, God, where is this guy? Oh, and then he was, and then like there's a, I don't I remember the exact lyric, but it was kind of a counterpoint of like, but I do care about keeping, you know, my family warm and fed. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going well, somewhere. So then the next line, which I think to me, I, I remember writing it and I was like, well, Chuck, I got to give you some credit. The paradox called reality. Hmm. I remember Ooh, like, I, was, I was like the paradox. Uh, I know money is, is just your inherent trust in the system. So in that sense, it's the paper is not real. The credit card is not real. But 
loved ones in the hot meal are. And there's the paradox between me knowing that it's not real, but also busting my ass to make sure I have it to take care of. My, you know what I mean? Like, yes. I feel like this album, there's like, there was one point when I was one night, like, not like blasted out of my mind, but I was like, there's a thread throughout all of these songs that I don't know that I could explain, but I feel like I really got at the heart of, of, of some kind of bad system or bad machine with this album with some of the topics that I address. And I think big bang, bang, not the topics that I address, but the angles that I go at them. Mm-hmm. So, no, and I, I love, I'm it. really yes, fucking it talented. It's a, no, it, was, it was the, uh, <laughs> it was not real in the hot meal. The balance. Cause when I heard the first line, you know, money is not real. Then I'm thinking, Oh, is this going to turn into like an immortal technique song where the next lyric is like, there's a microchip in your neck. Right. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the government's got you walking up and down the streets, so they can feed the enemy's best, or like whatever the hell, like something yeah. real. Uh, and instead, you were like, "No, there's, yes, we we, you you understand the sort of uh, game that's been set up." At the same time, accepting that for you, you know, have to play this lim- limited time on life, and what the the few things that really do matter to you that punching out is not an option, you know. You right. could pull pull up uh the soul interview that we had here on Chrome Bills. I forget what number it was, but Peace to Soul. Huge influence on this record for me for sure. Dope. He was a guy like Cadence Wise always like selling live water is a masterpiece. Yeah. Cadence yeah. is on that, you know. Yep. yep. Better bring two hundred guns and a hundred men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that first song, the the baddest poet, there's like ten different cadences. So back to me. But but yeah, yeah, I, I, you know it's funny the the moral technique <laughs> thread because I feel like you know with cruel fuel it, more internally, but I was like I'm really gonna push the limits of my perspective on this album in terms of like I'm not rapping about rap, but I'm also not gonna go like to alien shit. You know what I mean? Like I felt like cruel fuel was like an exploration of 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 me mm. <laughs> and with. Cancel the guillotine. It was like, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to pull some like Kyrie Irving bullshit, you know, with like some ridiculous, way too out of the scope of reality perspective. But I do want to try and get as close to that as possible before falling off the cliff. Um, and I think Big Bang Bang, like that approach of, I recognize that money inherently means nothing and it's just about your trust in the system. But like, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> okay, like, your kid wants some food. <laughs> so unless you have a better idea right now, like the walking dead hasn't quite happened yet. There's no barter system that I'm aware of. And, you know, with the other songs too, I felt like, you know, cancel the Gee team at with the same kind of like, I don't want to, it's not, it's more Joe Rogan, less Alex Jones is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's very nice too. Cause I'm so familiar with your entire catalog that I remember when you were way much more left leaning yeah, and would be like, Doing songs like, uh, what was that? It wasn't Remote Control. Maybe it was. There was a song where you literally listed out like anchors in the chorus and you would like constantly play it live. And it was like something that really, really uh, meant a lot of at the time was the total steez you were on. And so I'm like, as to your point, like more more Joe Rogan, less Alex Jones. I'm Every time a song starts and it seems... Uh, very political. I'm like, is this the Ben Shapiro track? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's, and 
the point that I was making with they're all lying to you, some are just on about, you know, I it's funny, man. I know and believe me, there's plenty of things about old Benny Schapp. Like I think his views on gay marriage are are pretty abhorrent and ridiculous. But the thing that I appreciate about listening to him is that I've actually heard him say, and I don't hear this a lot from people that are critical of him, him say, I've got my blind spots, I've got my biases, and I've got my things that I'm wrong about and just am stubborn about it. So listen to me, listen to somebody who vehemently disagrees with me, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Which I think, you know, like he's he's basically admitting, like, I'm lying to you in my own way. Everybody's going to lie to you in their own way. Like, the people that are honest about that and saying you should still listen to people that disagree with me, those are the people that I feel like at least are going to have a more, more coherent argument. Maybe not convincing in, in always the right way. Maybe it's too, like, emotionally emotional-based or... You know, it uses rhetoric in place of logic and stuff like that. But you know, I I've never I, heard this, I've never heard Ben Shapiro say that. So I, I mean, he said it repeatedly. Don't, don't make me like Ben Shapiro. I guess I'm not. I, guess I mean, again, that's the thing. Like, this. I think the problem that I had during when I was writing that kind of stuff, Chuck, mm-hmm. was I was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what I actually think, but I know that like, yeah, like fuck the system. Right. And like that, I think that was really like my approach as much as anything, like calling out a particular <clears throat> left or right news anchor. You know what I mean? Like, if that makes sense. Whereas now I'm like, I, but what is the system that I'm saying? Like, fuck the system. To right. Is, so to that point, you know, like, I think that my critique of conservative news outlets at that time, I still feel like it's applicable. It's just now I'm like, but the left news outlets are just are are just as ridiculous if not more if not you know like i think the whole they had to compete man well but for what you know it's funny man i was watching i was i think one of you guys sent the message on instagram about the guy who gave the speech about how kids are like the internet is fucking this is ridiculous and kids know it oh uh the dude that god what is that guy's name (laughs) that did oh bo burnham yes that was me like it's making the rounds, right? So I'm I'm sure some of the listeners have heard it where the guys like kids are like, This is a wasteland, right? But they still go to it every day. I'm like, mm. I mm. I'm old enough now where I didn't ha I had the option just like this is realize it's stupid, go outside and like smell a leaf or something, you know, <laughs> like do something in nature. I was watching PTI today and Cornizer was like, Yeah, like after the game, they have all these ridiculous shows where they have all these minutiae numbers, you know, just to fill space. I'm like, Yeah, you don't have to fucking watch it. Like I love sports. Like I cherry pick which things I'm going to listen to because I feel like I've I've like curated that down to a list of people who I'm interested in. I don't care about like all the other shit that like mm-hmm. e- like the idiots on ESPN have to say. That being the case, like the, you're right, like they got to compete, they got to fill up all the space. But mm-hmm. the point that I'm trying to make, I, I hope with this record and solipsistic human is really like a shot I, like i hope like a kick in the dick to people and, and, and i mean it's basically about me being like that person and stepping back and like i, I don't want to be that person mm-hmm. but like all of these things that are designed to polarize you and to to make you feel bad you don't need to engage with them ironically that's kind of what my album is and i think you should engage it. <laughs> like, i hope that I, I hope it's kind of like an exorcism of those kind of things um but yeah you know like it's easily it? my favorite song on the record as a complete piece of work. It may not be my my favorite beat. I think uh, at all might be my favorite, like just individual beat if I was going to grab like an instrumental. But the song is so good. I did have to Google the word 
when I read the For word, sure. the first thing I thought was this idea that every kid, every young child like grows up and wonders if it's just them and everything mm-hmm. else is made up. Mm-hmm. And then the world kicks you in the dick and you realize, no, and then you, you kind of flip it on its edge. And I was just thinking how that, that song was kind of it all happening like in real time mm. where like you said even where you're like at, at first i'm like is this song about me i was like the song's about cole he's talking in the first person like oh this song's about all of us i was like oh my god of course i thought this song was like about me or someone like me at the beginning because i'm me yep. and like and so the cycle continues right so i was like wow there's there's a really interesting artistic angle on the song that's not condescending to the listener the way that someone could roll with that and be like you 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 right and write yeah. a very similar song and i like that you uh, i like everything about it thank you yeah you to- i mean totally man. and Sorry. it's like a fun dance song yeah so that be <laughs> it's funny because i feel like that beat mm-hmm. in particular that was one initially i was like oh this would sound cool if it started out yeah that pace and then like got insane by the end but i was like no nah, this this by itself is this is the hit single it, it really is like it's the a most, hit it's the that's the, the fun beat yeah so put it on the 45 i was gonna say the hit single that's not on the 45 right. <laughs> have you ever heard this song by the death grips uh can you playing it yeah can you hear it no no what's it called uh i've seen footage chuck do you hear it you no, don't, you don't hear it either. Mess up with the audio. Come on, man. All right. Yeah, jack it up a little. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it again. Okay. Nothing. Not really. Okay. Uh, uh, there do I mean, I'm, I'm from. There, there's one. There okay. Dope. Well, there's a, there's a, um, there's a song called "I've Seen Footage" and it has a very similar kind of drum beat to it. Okay. It reminded me of this one, and it's also catchy. So you know, it's funny that song. Uh, on Solipsis a Human, th- there's a point that at, towards the end of the first verse where I'm like, you know, mankind's like transition from hunting and mm-hmm. gathering or like into and and all. That's really where I was like, at some point, something happened with human beings, some transition to a financial system or or mm-hmm. just some transition happened where it was like, it's so easy to get solipsistic and to think that you're the only person that exists to the point where you know, Chuck, when you mentioned kids act like that, I think so. there's so many like trauma victims or traumas happen to so many people at young ages in modern living that a surprising percentage of people have never grown up hmm. beyond, you know, like they, they have job. Like, I mean, there's definitely times where I'm like in my forties, I'm like, dude, you're acting like a fucking child, you know, like. Not that like, and like, it's like a pattern of behavior that you've had for a long time. Like what's going on? I mean, I do feel like what I wanted to avoid with the solipsistic human song was a pointing of a finger or more being like, not an accusatory finger, but like, yo, like something's up, you know, you should, you should examine it and address it. And that's the scariest thing to me. I'm sure you guys see it all the time. Like when I, I was sitting behind somebody today on 495, like they, for maybe two miles, they never looked up from their phone. It was insane. I don't know how, maybe they were looking up, you know, I could see in like the, the side mirror. Traffic wasn't moving a whole lot, but like they were never really like slamming on their brakes. I was never like, yo, this person's going to cause that. But I was like, how, 
how what's going on in your life that like that's that's the thing to do and then you realize like 80 percent of the people on the fucking road are doing that i don't care if phones were available 100 years ago people i don't think would have been doing that shit i don't but i mean i feel like things have progressed from the beginning of what i was mentioning earlier about like the hunter gather stage to now which is like progressively more and more solipsistic narcissistic however you want to however you want to put it no for I th- sure I think yeah that's Bo Burnham really hit on that that everyone's like what really ruins things is, is when companies ipo and it's no longer okay to stay flat and everything has to be about growth and mm. growth and growth and growth and growth and growth and uh I was talking earlier just about the Stanley Tucci show that's on uh, CNN cancel, which was just a show of him going around Europe. And I was like, well, they don't want to do, you know, that type of show on CNN anymore. I was like, well, why wouldn't I was just talking to my wife about it who works for Warner Brothers and knows and was like, why don't they just put it on travel? And she's like, have you ever watched travel in the last 10 years? It's all about aliens. And I was like, how is that even possible? And then I was like, well, and I immediately was like, well, MTV doesn't play music, so like, why would why yeah. do I why am I acting like it's crazy right. uh, that the travel show is not about you know the travel channel is not about traveling, uh, and I I use all that as kind of an example to say that it's not okay to be stagnant. So if the same economical structures existed a hundred years ago, then people would be on their phones mm-hmm. because you'd True. have the smartest yep. people in the world being like, how the fuck do we give them a dopamine hit? How do we, how do we gamify? We got to gamify this. We're going to gamify it for them. Well, so do you think, because all of that comes down to, and I'd like to think I was able to tie Big Bang Bang into it. Do you think the financial system we're currently under is, it wouldn't have been possible 100 years ago. It would have been, or whatever was happening then was like the natural ancestor of what's happening now. From a financial standpoint, like, do you think there was? It is because you have the the merging of the structures that were set up financially mixed with the instantaneous accessibility, technology wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Well, I was thinking the idea the idea that you could just I could. I mean, it's eleven o'clock at night, so I couldn't really do it right the second, but I could in theory buy stock right the second. Like while we were on this, that's ridiculous. Just look, think, I could put fifty bucks on, you know, the Chiefs to win. Do you think twenty years ago, if somebody had had that option, like, yo, it's like <clears throat> eleven o'clock on a Friday, I'm just trying to chill. I don't know. I was playing NFL Blitz, so yes, I think I would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I, at, that, at that point, we were all doing the best with what we had. Like the second that we could burn. Yeah, and what I mean by that is maximizing the tech. The second that we could burn a CDR of we different were, songs we were going off in. of Napster, we were all doing it. Yeah, we were burning them for our friends. We were like, "Look at this!" We were creating our own incredibly slow Spotify playlist mm-hmm. to share right. with friends. <clears throat> right. We've just we've always grown right to the limitations of the tech, and then had it move up. So to that point, I read something interesting that you guys might as engineers. So where I live in Virginia, I take Route 66 a lot, and they're expanding it like crazy, but they're mm-hmm. making three hot lanes. Pay lane. This is reminding me of like the Chris Rock joke where he talks about <laughs> if you go to a, like a woman's 
a party where it's all the women's friends. She's like, then you walk out back, just a bunch of guys talking about rides, like the, the routes get, to the work. The way they get to, yeah. to work. Yeah, but yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah. dudes talking about routes to work. Yeah, well, yes. I sometimes take the seven, but if it's busy, I take the five. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, let's let's get into solipsistic human. Okay. Before we get too far off track here. All right. Boom. The solipsistic human. Left all of this in ruins. I'm older than I look. I'm younger than I act. I even once wrote a book about covering my tracks. But I could never just relax. So I never wrote it down. So it's somewhere in my head. Where I watch it float around. I take no pride in my process. The ultimate is what it is. Since man first took what wasn't his. I've been hunting with the intent of gathering. For distribution. A little problem. A big solution. Less intuition. More institution. Introducing. The solipsistic human. Left all of this in ruins. I gotta tell you, those politicians knew what they were doing recruiting the solipsistic human. Known to exist solely on a feedback loop of extremely unlikely and somewhat satisfied, finding the courage to tell you he's courageous in the face of unrelenting cowardice, while ignoring the mirror's insistence that the face is his own. I'm the type of dipshit. Words like solipsistic, my worldview is so holistic Unless I need to be optimistic, pessimistic Half full of myself, but I'll readily drink your cup of tea Everyone will just agree with me If you leave it up to me, the fucks are free But I charge for the blanket and pills while you sit in the cage Made a minimum wage as the pendulum sways And I'm getting a raise to be a cog in the wheel that is crushing you See the time and the place for opining on races When I'm in the space for defining what's safe So when I get a taste of the violence you face I escape through policy that abandons you Climate change my mind Climate keeps the change. I think outside the box with no thoughts outside Tiananmen Square. Stare, drifting through my iPad where my amygdala gets hijacked. Till I take on personas who do me the honor of applying my performative eye black. Limiting opportunity to guarantee an outcome. Carl Friedman, Milton Marks, alchemizing until one intolerant and intolerable jackass is given the press room. Eagerly selling fear as a precursor to protection. The solipsistic human left all of this in ruins. The solipsistic human.
I'll slice there. it. I'll slice it in there. <clears throat> and we're back. Uh, we are back. Um, you're the kind don't, of dipshit. Don't shit. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. it you know, you want to hear something funny? Mm. So, Sage Francis on Twitter and, and Instagram, he started to do a strange, famous Friday where he does uh, updates about that about the artists from that week. So. He mentioned the album. Hold on, give me Can't a second. Say... I think I might have uh... figured it out. No, I think I might have accidentally hit stop on the record during that song. So give me a second. Oh, okay. just during that song. Okay. Yeah, we're good. We're an hour and 33 minutes in. Let me just make sure I didn't. I didn't jinx us here. <laughs> make sure you got that part about commuting. Yeah, that was that was podcast gold. So I take six to six. What's with more lanes, less lanes? And by the by, New York. All right, I got, I got, it, on I it. got it all. What makes you think it's your God-given right to drive a car anyway? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're, we're straight. So where we that traffic? Uh, say Francis. Right. Well, are we recording? Yeah, Happy. we're good. Yeah, we're good. Okay. So and so, I put in the comments. He mentioned that one of the songs he was like i love it i'm not going to name the song um i want all the other songs to feel appreciated which was pretty funny but so in the comments i put if anybody the first person to guess which song he's referring to mm-hmm. i'll send you a free copy a signed copy of the seven inch nice. of the album nice um but you know where was i going with that did chuck answer correctly Nobody answered. A couple of people had some pretty funny like responses, but nobody. One per- oh, can I I'm still sorry. answer and get a sign? This copy? is where I'm going. This is why it was funny. One person guessed solipsistic human, and Sage is like, "I hate that word." <laughs> so I, I want to ask him, like, "Yo, why do you hate that word?" So that was pretty funny. So this is not. It's not his favorite song. No, that's not his favorite song. Okay, I think we've. I don't know if he hates whole... it because of the word. Chuck and I's favorite song, right? Mm. Safe. Oh, oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <clears throat> I'm glad you guys like it. I appreciate. I, no, it. I was, I was sorry. I was dazing out because I was thinking about what sages. I'm going to go that he picked the. Uh, they're all going to lie to you somewhere. They're all lying to you. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, yeah. Yep, that would be my guess so, for sage. Let me give you one thing about solipsistic human, then we'll talk about that one. Okay. So the end of solipsistic human, in the same way with Hatal, and this is real, like mm-hmm. you know, inside baseball, how the sausage is made, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So originally. When Alpheus sent me the first mix of Solipsistic Human, the tail end of it, in the same way that Atel has like its own beat section, it was the same kind of drums. And he was like, yo, do you think I should switch up the drums? And, you know, Chuck, we were talking about earlier about what patterns or different things that I want to try. I initially was like, no, like those drums are sick. Keep that pattern. And then I thought, you know, it would be really cool if just out of nowhere, the drums on this one song were like completely out of pattern mm-hmm. with it. And when he sent that, man, I was like, man, that's, you know, he really just spruced it up. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Really dope. Um, so supersonic. Yeah. No, dude, he was, he's incredible. Um, and it's funny now that I think about it too. When I first sent him my mix of that, Office was like, um, <laughs> I had to look up what solipsistic means. <laughs> Um, as most people would, I, w- I would imagine. But dog, they're all lying to you. So when we sent it, Sage was like, "Wow, that one, you mm-hmm. know, that totally meant a lot." Yeah. Um, you know, to hear that from him, him being him as an artist, but the person that had enough faith in me to 
to have to jump on the SF Digi imprint. Um, but that song personally for me, that's the one where I'm like, that's like the crown jewel of the record, mm. I think. Mm. Just in terms of again, if I was trying to make you know, more like with with style of records, it was like I got a catchy hook, good sixteen, solid beat. Like you don't have to really like listen to this, you know, super intently if you want to, cool. But if not, like you're still gonna feel good about having listened to. It. Whereas with they're all lying to you. I was like, this one you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do so a little bit of like right. You gotta brace yourself. Listen, you gotta to, yeah. you gotta take some notes here, folks. Yeah. Cause there's, there's a, there's a definitive point to it, but I think I really get after it. And so anyway, I mean, I don't know. I, that was the one where I was like, I want this to be like the craziest song I've done. I think it is. And to get that, you know, showing some love by Sage was awesome. So the title was so long that I wondered if it was an acronym and I was like looking through it very hard. Like I was like, what's Taltio? I was like, what's Taltisiabo? So, you know, it's funny, man. I feel like, you know, et al, that's, that's a Latin <laughs> abbreviation for and others. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't make that up. Cancel the guillotine. I made that phrase up. I think it's really cool for what I was trying to get at. Big bang, bang. Sob, you know, I made that up. Sob, cystic human. I can't take <laughs> those are like just two words I mashed together. But I remember talking to somebody about like my frustration with coverage about politics, but, you know, just talking to people in general, including myself, my own blind spots. I just like in my smart ass way blurted out like they're all lying to you. Some are just honest about it. As soon as I said it, I was like, holy fuck. That's a that's a great idea. Well, I don't want to pat myself on the back door, but that's a really interesting idea to explore. Maybe that phrase is too long for a song title, but then I was like, nah, that's that even works more for it, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, you could have used Taltia Butte. Taltia. <laughs> but yeah that's a fun one and that you know that was another one like by the third iteration of afia sending me beats of that beat like speeding it up i was like i don't is this worth it and then like anything that is worth it we pushed through and what came out on the other side i was super happy with hell yeah so let's crack this puppy open let's do that i'm gonna take a piss Challenge for the thrill, the kill, the credit. It's not worth it. I get it, but I let it get to me. And I wanna fix your facelift. Conservatives will shape shift, liberals will race grip. Faces of plaintiffs content to watch the pain trip. No longer satisfied with the product or its placement. Makeshift patriarch, the dad shop is out of stock. For all our mommy issues, we're all ticks without a talk. Can't be out of time if you die around the clock. Can't be out of line if the lines are on the block. 
In the blink of an eye, the link will be live. It'll sink to your mind as you wink your disguise. They think you decide, you think of divide, you think of your side. The other sides to a circle. Yeah, we have an earth full of tribes to collide, but supplied with the virtue to signal the symbol of simian circuitry no longer serving its role in survival. The truth will set you on fire, the lie will set you to sleep. So when you see everything burning, returning the promises they couldn't keep to the lenders who send us a pilfer belief in the building of bridges, the business of sheltering trolls underneath an emotional speech given while swimming in guilt and spilt in the tide now brimming with regrets we inherit where we hide them as given to the dead that we bury and reside in the prison of the dead that we carry to be live for a living like a press secretary into what, into what, it's a new cycle scan it gets its ideas, the truth when it can, when it can, it's a big leaf cut from whole cloth and no cost to the audience, it blows off, blows off the tongue, two blocks on the grave, the election was stolen, the laptop was fake, Some are just honest about it. You know, I was always a sucker for being like, this song's going to be called It's Over. This song's <laughs> going to be called Until Next Time, right? Because it's all the all the thoughts that come, especially as we get as we get up there in age. And you have to, at a certain point, be like, well, if I'm, if I'm 42, 43 years old, am I going to drop an album at 53? Am I going to drop an album at 63? You know, is it closer to the end than the beginning? Things like that. You can elaborate on that part if you want. But what I was real curious is like, you're kind of north stars for success on a project could go anywhere in my mind it could go anywhere from like if i like it meaning you the author if i the author like it that's all that matters to like if i like it and the people whose opinions i trust uh that's all that matters or if it's like i still want to hit a certain number and feel like i'm engaging with my fans or i want it to grow 1.5 times the previous what and maybe it's a maybe the answer is it's an amalgamation of all of it. But what do you when you put something out like how do you define it in your own head against your own, uh, you know, pretty impressive fucking catalog at this point? Uh, when a project's done and finally it's, we're we're conveniently talking on the day it came out. Uh, yeah, what, how do you how do you rank things like this in in terms of success or failure? Maybe it's not even that binary. Well, thank you first and foremost for the kind words. And you know how much I respect you, and I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Uh, so when I was 18, for whatever reason, at some point I was like, I want, when all is said and done, whatever catalog, career, however you want to put it in the universe, I'd like somebody that listens to the entire thing say, I can't believe this amount of very diverse material that's quality came from one person. By person, I mean, obviously, me on the vocals. Like, I've worked with a lot of different producers, and, and the, one of the reasons for that has always been 
anybody that's freestyled a lot will tell you different bre- different beats, different producers bring out different sides of you you may not access on your own. And so in that sense, I mean, for better or worse, I think Camps of the Guillotine and Cruel Fuel are kind of outliers relative to the rest of my material. I mean, that was my intent with both of those in terms of their form. Uh, in terms, Who did the production on Broken Clock? Was it a bunch of different people? A bunch of different people. Gotcha. Yeah. So Cam, you know, piece to Cam, he engineered that and really gave it like a cohesive feel. Because I remember at, there was definitely points I was like, it just it, it feels like a mixtape of like disparate pieces. And when we worked on the order, and he did a great job with the mix. But you know, that was one of that and um, live long enough to learn are the only times I've done a full album with several different people. And you know, that's that's kind of its own challenge too, now that I think about it. I mean, I would prefer one person um, just for, for a number of reasons, but having like two of those in, in the holster, um, that is something that I feel like, you know, it accomplishes what I wanted in terms of a body of work. So to that point, you know, this from a form standpoint, I mean, I think this makes Cruel Fuel sound a lot more, I hope to anybody familiar with my catalog, I, th- I think it makes Cruel Fuel make more sense in terms of I was taking a big swing stylistically. Um, and I feel like in some ways, Cancel the Guillotine maybe is like a tightened up version of that. I don't know. I still feel like Cruel Fuel will probably be the most interesting thing I've ever made. But so form, I wanted to have something different. You know, the, the one thing that I've always gotten from people you know, it didn't matter if it was like a, a jokey freestyle or like a serious song. People would be like, I just, I, I haven't thought of things that way. Like you have a different perspective. And, you know, it's kind of what I was thinking with the solipsistic human stuff. Like, I think I've definitely got like, you know, piece to the rapper Manchild, but I think I've got like some Manchild perspective where I'm like, I think I'm able to write like a definitive song or have these opinions because in my mind things sometimes are black and white but like as i get older i'm like no they're not there's a lot of nuance to them and like i've been resistant to that in my life um and i want to be able to still maintain like having a perspective people wouldn't consider but not be belligerent and a bully about it and by that i mean like i like having the ability and i take it as like a responsibility, but I feel like I'm good at influencing people's perspectives, not changing their minds, not, you know, trying to brainwash them, but just give them a perspective that maybe they wouldn't have considered. And so what I would consider success with this album is like, Steve, I'm not, I don't want to make you a fan of Ben Shapiro. I can't say I'm a fan of him, like, but I just want to have a perspective that I wouldn't necessarily typically consider that's kind of what I want to do with this album. Like I want, particularly they're all lying to you. Some are just honest about it. Like, I I mean, I feel like the spiral towards a violent situation is because people are not accepting that. Like you're not a hundred percent right or wrong about anything. Some of you, some people like Kyrie Irving are like, so 80%, 90% wrong about one particular thing. Like for him to say, don't dehumanize. That's like a ridiculous position, but, don't dehumanize people just because you disagree with them. And that, like, I have sure. countless examples that come to mind sure. that I've, I've been guilty of in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, that's the biggest problem that, in my opinion, that's what led to slavery, you know, tens of thousands of years ago. Like, that's what's leading to just the violence that we're seeing now is 
this idea that somehow like you're better than other somebody else just because of your idea or like you're always right or always right. There isn't room for nuance. You're able to dehumanize somebody else for whatever reason. So I hope I influence people's perspective that that is how things are going. You're doing it. I am too. And we need to be aware of it and, and try to roll that back. That makes sense. We'll, we'll uh, fact check the tens of thousands of, <laughs> of years. Well, which was an amazing, which was an amazing. Probably ten thousand years. I mean, like I think the advent of totalitarian agriculture was like that person's strong and dumb. Like we're going to manipulate them. Oh, fair. Okay. Slavery you know in I mean? general. I don't, slavery I don't in like general. The, not. I don't mean not, like the Civil War. Not like, like the United States slavery. slavery. I yeah. mean the subjugation. That's really what I mm-hmm. mean. The subjugation, physically, mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually, of other people. Right. For no other reason that you think that you are somehow better than them, would you? Would you say I? I, I didn't even want to derail with the the uh, the years. Mm-hmm. A question I want to dig into that I'm curious your answer to is that: <clears throat> Do you see people having the correct perspective as one of the most valuable things as part of their existence? Because I think as I as I have this conversation with you, someone who I, I'm very familiar with your whole catalog. Uh, and as I mentioned before, like tremendous, tremendous amount of respect for you as a writer and as even just a friend that I do agree with your point of, uh, you know, that you've you've changed my perspective on a lot of shit in the 25 years that I've known you. It seems to me as something you put a tremendous amount of value into. And have you have you intrinsically looked at that and evaluated what what and why the importance of that? We're in agreement with. I'm just curious, like if you know the yeah. the fuel, the the fuel to it, so to speak. So, so you know, I mean, as a white kid growing up in the suburbs, like I, I think we take for granted how diverse an area that we grew up was, but not economically. Mm. And so, when I got into like you know rapping, you know what I mean. Like by the time I was in college. Going, I would drive from the University of Maryland, like drive by a bunch of fraternities down to the city, be the only white person at a MC battle, like win when I was fortunate enough to. Everybody there knew that I had a hundred dollars in my pocket. I didn't feel threatened at all. And like you would think, like the upbringing that I had, or like the way things are presented, like that would be the scarier place for me to be than like the Wawa on the way home at two o'clock in the morning with like a bunch of drunk frat people that were white. You know what I mean? Like that opened my mind, my mind up where it was like, there is this perspective that you get from diverse thinking and experiences that you, you can't read about it. Like you, you have to experience it. Um, so I think it, it's important for me to relay that to people because it was relayed to me, but also because, you know, I'm able to do it. Like, you know, I mean, you guys are good engineer, you know, like you guys are good at what you do for your living. You want to, that's what you want to do. You know what I mean? It helps people and you're good at it. So that's, you know, those two reasons are important to me. Um, and you know, just, I mean, and this is where I don't want to start overstating it, but like, you know, I've got kids now. Um, the idea of a future 10 years from now, somehow being worse than it is now. And I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be, but I think it's a lot worse. Like it scares the shit out of me when I talk to my father or ideas, mom, like people like a couple of generations older, where I'm like, yeah, I'm sure people were saying when you were younger, things are worse now, you know, it, are things actually worse now? And they're like, yes, 
they're, they're a lot worse. Mm. All of like mm. all the older people that I talk, I mean, <clears throat> I'd like to be able to have some influence on a fix for that if I can. Mm. And if that, you know, hopefully that's opening people's perspectives up. I think I have a very different view than most hip hop people that I interact with. Um, and then, you know, I mean, that's another thing that's always been kind of weird for me. Like, I mean, I went to Georgetown prep, like I was in the black student union. You know what I mean? Like all, like all my friends that, that were in the black student union, they're like, just come to like a meeting. Like I'm in a pit, you know what I mean? Like, but then like, I wasn't like the white kids at the school, like they weren't really feeling me a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like I've never really fit into like one particular box. So maybe I feel most comfortable having as many divergent perspectives as possible. Wow. I feel like I should. That was a breakthrough. Through, that was a breakthrough. Right <laughs> yeah. there. Maybe that's I was, it. I was curious where the answer was going to yeah. go. I was like, that's, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think the interesting thing is going to be to see where to go back to your point of like, is it really that bad to like, see how we look back on this era 10, 15 years from now, because it might just be that it has continued to get worse. And this seemed pretty good. Like I remember being like, I, I am just so mad at George W. Bush right now. And now I look back and I'm like, <laughs> Oh God, those were the days. He had jokes. <laughs> I think it, I, I think it's just because we're all plugged into social media way too much. 100%. I think that's why everybody thinks it's so bad because they're, you know, if you if you're scrolling through, whatever a social media site, you tend to see a lot of doom and gloom. Well, you know, you that's know. a crazy thing that you know, I, you know, Chuck mentioned the inundation of information and new stuff all the time. I feel like one of the, the inundation things, of information, the inundation <laughs> of information. I feel like one of the things that, if you had to pick like ten things out of the last like hundred things out of the zeitgeist mm. that is important but really hasn't gotten a lot of run. The YouTube algorithm leads you to more and more extreme versions of things like what? <laughs> like what? I mean, that that's not somebody had to make a decision to do that. And I'm sure at some point, maybe with somebody's like, oh, like this person, obviously, like Google, you know, like search YouTube for like Chiefs highlights. Let's drill down on that and like give them Christian Nikoi. But like if somebody's like, hey, like, I wonder what's going on with like, you know, like Kyrie Irving, like bouncing around YouTube and like 10 minutes later, mm. he's just completely off his fucking rocker someone had to put the brakes on the idea of more and more extreme exposure to more and more extreme things by an algorithm Mm -hmm. i mean you know what's weird though is i think it's really it's like somebody flashing children i think it's really based on people that like that like this like i don't think that the ai is that into what the content is as much as like damn Anyone that watches this video for more than two minutes, when they see this video, they watch it for more than 10 minutes. Right. And that could be the same thing of like fake Holocaust fucking type of videos, which obviously I'm not, you know, supporting. Uh, or that's the next Christian Yeah. Or Christian Okoye, like saying, oh, anyone that, you know, if you watch this thing about one chief season, then when they tell you, here's a 20 minute longer video, that's just all the Okoye runs. There's certain people that are like, put it in my veins. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, but so when I say extreme, like, weren't they, it was like, like I was saying, like, if you went on YouTube, it was like, I like Joe Rogan. And then like, you're like, all right, who's this Alex Jones character? And then eventually it's like David Duke's at your door, like, you know, offering you a subscription. Like, that's what I mean in terms of like the ideology. 
But am I wrong in that that was there is a there used to be there was a New York Times podcast all about this about the rabbit hole, right? Yeah, I think it was called Rabbit Hole, right? But I and it was all about YouTube and and you know about a kid or something who started off just watching you know benign YouTube videos and because of the algorithm it like led him to become like a a fucking crazy person, yeah, like a brainwashed far right. So that's that's sort of. But I think they've they've reined it in a bit. I think they've I, I think they've reined it in. They, you know, I think Google and YouTube have reined it in a, a bit and have started censoring out some of that stuff and not leading folks down to what is it that make people so apathetic about school, but then the second that they're able to learn things that aren't true on another platform, they're super fucking into it. And I'm not gonna act like my eyebrow hasn't been raised at these things in my uh, early twenties. Like yeah. I like things come across nowhere near as extreme as now. But I was definitely someone who was like, Oswald wasn't a lone gunman. You know, like you'd be like, so yeah. it is so into these ideas just because I would read one side of it and I'd be like, Well, I was never told this side, and now that I see it, yeah, like, there's some thr- there's some thrill to being right, right? To feeling like, oh, I I know something that you don't know. Hell yeah. Right. Yeah, but why don't people feel that way about biology? That's what that's my main thing is that why is the dopamine hit not there for just being like better at calculus than your But because I think calculus is ex- is extremely hard and it's not like I don't know, you're not getting a it's not as rewarding. Like you can't go to a party and well, be like it's not the mental fast food that it's it's not like that a that a conspiracy that Stanley Kubrick, you know, filmed the moon landing. Like that's that's salacious to be able to say something like that to somebody. You definitely made me watch that like 10 years ago, <laughs> too, 15 years ago. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. We that were, flag is not moving. We were definitely drunk in the middle. Of, like, I'm like, you know this Stanley Cooper like, filled the moon You think you're ready for this? You think you're ready for this? <laughs> Room 1127 or whatever that is <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yep. There, room 1127. <laughs> It's good memory. Good pull. Oh, good man. pull. Good pull. Uh, I mean, yeah. It's, you guys want to get another drink? I feel like we this concludes the um, the interview portion. Now we go Thank to, yes. now we go Yo, into freestyle. Make sure portion. check out that record. Yeah. Um, Seize Mike's episode one eighty four. The album's called Cancel the Guillotine. Shout out to Os- Opius. Let me get that right. Opius. Shout out to Opheus. I feel Kill like I'm between Opius and Opheus today. So. Yeah, killing it on the production, killing it on the cuts. Uh, it comes in at 17 minutes, not a second. We're skipping. Uh, it's a fantastic project. Check it out. Support. Hit the band camp up. Cole, hit him with the uh, parting shot. But, you know, it's it's nice to be back here doing with uh, this podcast thing. Both of you guys, it was a lot of fun. No doubt. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. I mean, you know I love you. Cherish you. Um Peace to Strange Famous Records for having the faith in me and obvious to put this together. Cancer the Guillotine is available on all streaming platforms. Wow. The best way to support wow. is via Bandcamp. Wow. But even if you don't want to pay because you're just a no, terrible pay. person, pay. Yeah, you'll pay. pay. Come no, on. Seriously, just listen to it. Even, you know, I want to let me influence your, let me change your perspective. That's what I want to do. Uh, but thank you for having me on, guys. We're going to go get a drink and then come back and do a, do a second half of this app. Let's go. All right. <laughs> Peace. I'm going to Are we done?
No, I was just killing. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll no, be right back. Yeah, I'm going to go to the restroom. Okay. I'm going right. to go to the restroom and I'll be back. Yeah.